I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Nick, you're on mute. Nick, you're on mute. You're on mute. <laughs> we are the um, a very good evening and welcome to the Talk Talk Show. It's Monday night, 7.30. That's what Mondays are for. This, of course, coming to you live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. And tonight we're joined, of course, with the one and only Mr. Rev, Mark Adams. Hello, everybody. Good evening. <laughs> oh, no, <Yeah>. I <laughs> <laughs> and of course, as every week, Mr. Hipkiss, well and only Mr. Sheen. Good evening, all. Mrs. Brown. Good evening. <laughs> and ladies and gents, we are absolutely thrilled and proud to bring in the one and only scorer of that one goal at Liverpool, the one and only Ricky Otto. Woo, 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 woo. Good evening, guys. We haven't had you yet. We only just started, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the air gone, Ricky? Well, when I did cut it, I put it under the stairs somewhere, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably gone back into the earth somewhere. So, uh, no, yeah. We could, could put it in an envelope. We could have auctioned that. We could have raised some money. <laughs> you, you could have probably. I did think about what to do with it because I had it in a bag for a number of years. Uh, although I felt like when I cut it, it was an end of an era because obviously I, I, I grew my locks whilst I was in prison. So... I felt like when I got released from prison and I started playing football, then my life kind of changed. And so when yeah. I cut it, I felt like, that again, that was another end of an era. Um, so I, I struggled for years to actually just throw it away. And that's why I kept it under the stairs for so long. But then once I moved, I, I can't even tell you where it is. Superb. <laughs> well, needless to say, you know, you, 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 you've turned your life complete circles. Uh, we ain't interested in what you went to prison for. That's all in the past. That's in the past. Tonight is all about your career at Birmingham City and, of course, what you're doing now and uh, just having a general chat and a, and a laugh as we go along through the show. And, boy, do we laugh, believe me. Oh, my goodness me. Uh, <laughs> so it's now Pastor Otto, is it? Well, yeah, but you can just call me Ricky, man. You don't have to be formal with I, me. I know, mate. I, I'm, I'm, look, look, you know, I'm not, look, Ricky, I mean, me and Chris Brown are both um, ordained ministers. <laughs> Uh, officially, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got my card somewhere as well, yeah. Well, I'm sure Bill. I'm sure Bill Shanky said that football is a religion, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Yes. I ain't got a clue what it was. It was some little hut in America, I think. It is, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there are three states where I can perform a wedding, apparently, <laughs> and a funeral. Okay, right. Okay, just on to Saturday's game then. Wow, um, a good start, bright start. Uh, 
And then that goal. I mean, goodness great. I mean, if in doubt, the biggest rule in football is Paul Hipkiss. Kick it out. Play to the Kick whistle. Kick it out, man. Don't put your arms up when the ball is still in play. What a ridiculous, ridiculous decision to make. Oh, man. Do you know, I was, oh, it's a good job there were no fans there, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think I was thinking back after how many individual errors have actually cost us so far this season. There's quite a few, right. you know. If we can cut that out, we just need to cut it out, stop doing it, and it's just basics, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen any? Do you see any of it, Ricky, at all? The game Saturday. I'd be honest with you, the last year has been so hectic ministerially because I've dealt with a lot of bereavement, and so I haven't yeah. even really had time to kind of sit down and enjoy watching football and 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 just take it all in. Um, it's been horrendous. I mean, myself, I've I've suffered five close people. I had to officiate my own dad's funeral. Um, okay. You know, my wife's my wife's mum passed away, and two of my mentors, ministers, that that when I became a Christian died. So it's been horrendous for me and my family. But then I've had to deal with the wider church, um, and I, I wouldn't be lying if I said to you that I've had to kind of deal with bereavement counselling to at least about twelve different individuals who are suffering loss. So. I've yeah. got to be honest with you, the last year, my head has just been all over the place. I don't even know who's playing for Birmingham again right now. It's just yeah. been that manic, ministerial-wise, yeah. because although we cannot come to church, we're, we're able to, to, to be online um, and, and, and minister and counsel people. So it's, it's been a bit of a whirlwind for me. So uh, um, I'm, I'm not up to form or up to speed, should I say, with a lot no. of the results and, and everything. Yeah, sure, Ricky, sure. Birmingham fans behind you, mate. Don't worry. We're, we're all thank you. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate yeah, well, that. No, that. I'll tell you what, this family that we've got that listen to this and watch this show week in and week out. Wow. Oh, my goodness me. Um, we've got a little, a little one for you here. Um, just need this phone to be switched on a second and I'll be with you. Uh, there's a, a young lady in Birmingham and she's going to be exactly 100 years old very shortly, right? Mm -hmm. 100. Wow. Okay. Now, there's not many people that make that milestone, and she has no relatives, none. Mm -hmm. No husband, no sisters, no daughters, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Why? Once this lady has, has, has left this mortal coil, her lineage has gone from this earth forever. That is it. Right. Now, we've received a message. I know we've all seen it, right? So it says, good afternoon. My name is Stacy, and I work at Heartlands Care Nursing Home. I was wondering whether we could ask for a kind favour. Now, you're all Birmingham City fans, and I did put on the Tilt and Talk page the other night, you're going to need a pen and paper tonight, so please grab that now, because I'll give an address out in a second, um, and I know what you're going to do. I know, I know the response for this is going to be absolutely massive tonight. We have today a lovely lady who will be turning 100 on the 13th of February. Unfortunately, she doesn't have any family. I'm reaching out to see if there is anyone who would be willing and able to send her a card to wish her a happy birthday. If you could, we would really appreciate it and would go a long way to making her day a special one. Her name is Lillian. Her favourite colour is purple and she loves anything royal. Please post too. We will put this up on, not only on the Talk and Talk page, but also on the shout box in a minute. Mm -hmm. If Chris could type this out. Stacey Debney, D-E-B-N-E-Y, Heartlands Nursing Home, 50, that's 50, Broadstone Road, Yardley, Birmingham, B262BN. That's Stacey Debney, Heartlands Nursing Home, 50 Broadstone Road, Yardley, 
Birmingham, B26-2BN. I've got my card here. It's ready to be written tonight and posted tomorrow. Hey, so let's make this day. Come on, Blues fans. Mm. And we know we know full well they'll answer the call. Uh... Oh, mate, you know, I've, I've written to Stacey, actually, and um, said that we're going to put this appeal out tonight, and I just hope that your postman's got really big arms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's going to happen. That, that is going to happen. So everybody, come on, it's a birthday card. This yeah. lady's 100. She's got no family, kind of like, you know, very close friends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So let's do what we can do as Birmingham City fans, club together, as we always do, and please, please, please send this beautiful lady a card. That's it. It's as easy as that. We'll, we'll post, mm. that, we'll post that again later. As well. We'll remind people again later. That's, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So, Ricky. Yes, sir. Christmas 1994. I remember you signing for us. You come out on the pitch and you signed that contract in front of us all, didn't you? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. I remember. I if, if my memory serves me correctly, that was um, 17th of December. Okay. Ooh. Don't ask me yeah. why I remember it, <laughs> but... Uh, oh, no, 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 that's a lie. I should remember it because, for me, it was quite historical. So, yeah, I, I remember most things about that day. Yeah, it was the 17th of December, 94. You said yeah. you had a bad memory. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good memory. Yeah. <laughs> and Anthony Garvey's commented about you tearing us to shreds before then for South End when you played against us. Yeah, I remember that game very well because um, I think... Barry, he he left to come and be manager of Birmingham. I think it was around the Christmas period mm-hmm. in yep. in '93. Yep. At that stage, we were you guys were in the second division and we were in the first division, and we were doing very well. Yeah, I think at the stage when Barry left, we were third in in the first division and doing extremely well. I, I really believe if Barry did stay and the momentum that we had, I think we could have really done something ridiculous at South End. But he left. Um, and I think it wasn't too long. You guys came back to play. I think it was, was it Boxing Day or something like that mm. in December. Yeah, and you know there was so much um, uh, enthusiasm about the game. I mean, that game needed no introduction. Just the fact that Barry Fry was coming back uh, with his Birmingham side. Yeah, you know that's all it needed. I think everyone in South End was just rooting for us to just uh, win, just so that we can kind of. Uh, you know, send Barry back up to the Midlands with his tail between his legs. And so I remember it was a good game, a great game. And we just kind of just, um, we just flew on the wings of the fans and all the enthusiasm. Um, and I think we won 4-2. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then eventually you made your debut for us, didn't you, against Cambridge, which was... Uh, wow, very in, yes. <laughs> in, your, in your own you- words, Ricky. Really. <laughs> Do you know? Do you know what? Um, there's moments in your life where I think when you do something or something happens, you just know it's going to be one of those moments that you're going to remember yeah. for the rest of your life. And if you yeah. forget, people will always remind you. And that was one of those <laughs> moments, you know, um, coming in as as Birmingham's record signing at the time. Mm. It, it was huge for me and my family. That's for sure. Because uh, you know, I'd, I'd only been out of prison less than four years. So to, to do what I've done in football in such a short space of time was monumental for me. And then coming to a big club like Birmingham um, and, and, and for all that money, you, you kind of want to get off to a good start. And it did, if I remember rightly. I remember um, scoring. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, the perfect start. I think there was 22,000 there at the time. And, mm. you know, 
that's the that's the best way any player would want to start. You know, get a goal, play well, and that was it. And everything was going very well until uh, I think it was second half. I don't think there was much left in the game. I think there must have only been about maybe 10, 15 minutes max of the game left. But I remember the corner was coming in and I normally am kind of just off the near post, six yard boxish. Um, and I was, I, you know, I can jump quite high. So that's where I normally position myself. And I just remember the ball coming in and I just tried to head it and it just skidded off my head. And all I remember in slow motion, everything just went silent. <laughs> yeah. And I looked, and I was like, "No, you know, because I've never scored an own goal before. Never. Nine times out of ten, I'm heading that ball out. Yeah, but it yeah. just skidded off my forehead, and I just remember the stadium went, <gasps> and I just remember going, "No," and that was it. And I just remember all I can remember after the game is like walking into the change room, and because you don't really know the players that well. Yes, I knew the management and a couple of players I knew well, but it's a new changing room. I'm in a new city. Mm-hmm. You know, all I want to do now is just go home. But I can't <laughs> go home because I'm in the Midlands. So I went back to my hotel and even when I walked into the foyer, even the foyer, the people around the, 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 the desk stood still and they didn't know what to do because it's like, you know, everyone's heard that the record signing has scored a goal in both ends. <laughs> and and now in the hotel, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to respond. So when I walked in the door and I walked in the foyer, everyone just kind of froze. They didn't know what to do. I, I just walked there to just give me my keys, man. And they gave me my keys and I just went upstairs and I stayed there for the rest of the night. It was, I was the loneliest person that night because honestly, it's it's, it's not the start you want. You have to remember, it's, it's, it's on the, the news. Mm. I just locked myself away, man, and just tried to kind of just dust myself back on Monday morning. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think if I remember rightly, I did resume myself the next game away at Cardiff. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you redeemed great. yourself. Many, many, many great memories and great moments. And as a fan going in them times, it was just great times, you know, a great squad we yeah. had. Yeah. And that season that we went up from, obviously, what is now League One to, yeah. to the Championship was just fantastic, mm-hmm. you know. Amazing. And obviously yeah. we had the... We had the auto windscreen shield as well. Yep. And it was just yeah. great times. Yeah, yeah. Support as well. I, yeah. I mean, to, to be fair, to, to be fair, when when I considered or when it became apparent that, you know what, I'm, I'm going to come up to Birmingham, those, those were the very reasons why I really came up because although we were in the first division and you guys were in the second, it was clear in my mind that you guys were going to get promoted. Mm. And, and I think at the time, I remember because um, I've spoken to Baz a couple of times, and then you guys just got drawn to play Liverpool in the third round of the FA Cup. And I was like, yeah. oh, I would love to play in that game. Kind <laughs> yeah. Of, yeah. You know what I mean? So when I looked at where Birmingham were and, and where they could go and the way the season can pan out, that, that <laughs> played a major part in, you know, me going up there and being a part of that. And then obviously seeing how we kick on for the following season. So for me, it was a kind of a, uh, a no-brainer, um, you know, the, the project that Birmingham was uh, or had started, it far exceeded whatever could have happened at Southend, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we just rebuilt the Cup and Tilton as well, hadn't we? We'd only yeah. just That's correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Before you signed. And, and I remember Alan Hansen saying that Liverpool will easily beat Birmingham as well on match of the day. And um, yeah. I, don't know if that got, I don't know if that got through to the players, but he, was, he couldn't have been any further from the truth. You know, he was miles off it. 
Well, yeah. he's made a few statements that he's got wrong, hasn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, yeah, that was so... a tremendous uh, moment for I me. I mean, that's... That... Uh, oh, man, you know, i tell you what. I know exactly where I was at that point in time. I was in a pub in my hometown, and somebody's got a photograph of me actually jumping out of my skin off, off the chair, right, and, uh, like, just going mental around the pub, yeah. Um, where were you, Paul? I was in. I was at St Andrews watching it. Are you talking about Liverpool away? Yeah, the replay. The replay. Yeah, oh. yeah I was at St Andrews watching it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. So they had it on the big screen. It's so they had it on the big screen at St Andrews, and I was watching it there. And, um... yeah. I I remember being. Uh, I remember being at home. I remember listening on the on Tom Ross the commentary. Um, right. And just going ballistic when when Ricky equalised. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was just talk us through it, Ricky. Talk, talk us through it, Ricky. Kenny Lowe to Steve Claridge. Steve Claridge to yeah. you. Yeah. Well, well. Before we get to that moment, I, I have to be honest with you. I I thought I was having an absolute stink of a game because <laughs> when we got to the game, um, Baz put me up front, and and I'm sure I'll, I'll get to to talk about this later. But I I felt that my relationship with the fans started off on the wrong foot in any way because mm. I think when Barry went to to Karen Brady and the Gold Brothers and that to to get me, he 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 said I was a striker to them, mm. and what happened is, I think most of the fans kind of got into their head that they were buying a striker when actually I was a left midfielder. And so yeah. I think when I came to the club, I think there was a little bit of, I'm not scoring goals. Um, I'm playing on the left. But that was my natural position. The fact that I scored 17 goals for South End the season prior, that's what Barry Fire used to go and get the 800,000 to go and buy me. So I think I started off on the wrong footing with the fans, but we'll get back to that. But that's what happened at the Liverpool game. Uh, the Liverpool game, he put me as a striker. And for the whole of that first half, Razor Ruddock was just coming through me, man. Ooh, Every time I touched the ball, the ball Ra- I mean, the first tackle, I didn't even know where the floor or the sky was, man. You know, I just remember just landing with a big thud and, and that kind of just, you know, perplexed me a little bit. Because every time I got the ball, he would just bang on me. Um, and playing up front and playing on the wing is two completely different um, um, roles. You know, on the wing, I'm used to getting the ball and I can see the big picture and go for it. A lot mm. of the times, as a striker, you're playing with your back towards the goal. You've got to hold it up to try and bring someone into play. Just, it, it's, it, it's too much. And, he, you know, he was getting me on my first touch. And so at half time, I come in and Barry had a go at me. Well, I just went ballistic on him. I mean, I, I was saying things to him that didn't even involve football. I was just giving it to him. Do you know what I mean? Because by that stage, I was just angry. I was vexed. Do you know what I mean? This is a big platform. Do you know what I mean? We drew with them. So this is a replay. So, mm. you know, we fancied ourselves and I just wasn't playing well. So after the argument at halftime, Barry put me on the wing. And then I started to get into the game more. And so by the time the goal come, as you said, I remember, I think it, you know, um, if I remember, was it Phil Babb? He went to whack the ball up, but it was a bit of a shank. Yeah. Um, yeah. And come down, and I think I won the ball. Um, you can't actually see it, but I think it was a great touch by myself, personally. It was a great touch <laughs> where it went to low. You can't actually see the touch, but no, no, I know no. I touched oh, it. Oh, we believe you. Um, we believe you. We believe you. <laughs> and then it went to low, and then I remember low was able to get the ball to Claridge. So someone kind of clattered low. But just before he got clattered, he got the ball to Claridge. And then as Claridge got the ball, he got clattered, but... I remember I was behind Claridge, but he knew I was there. And I didn't want to say, Claridge, give it to me, because Rob <laughs> Jones would have known I was there. He didn't actually know I was there. 
So I knew Clarence knew I was there. And as he just before he got clattered, he got the ball to me. But I knew I had a split second because my man, man was coming down on me. So I knew literally I had one touch outside of the boot all in one go. Um, and I knew, I knew the moment I hit it, I was off. Because you just you just know yeah, yeah, you strike yeah. a ball yeah. enough times. Yeah. Um and I knew as I touched it, bang, outside of the boot, I was off because David James wasn't ready for that. Yeah. And mm. you know, um, even to this day, that's 15 seconds. If I didn't have the video and I've watched it a hundred thousand times, <laughs> but I still can't tell you what, what I was feeling. It was just man man and stuff. Um yeah. and I remember running down towards Barry. And Barry's like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm calling him, you're fat this, you're fat that. I told you, you're fat this. You should have put me, you're fat this. I was just, you know. But we got back in after, and I think the good thing with Barry is you can have a goal and, and it's forgotten. Um, mm. But after scoring that goal, I think um, I had to now try to bring myself down because it's such a, you know, scoring at Anfield. I grew up in the 70s and Liverpool was the team. Yeah. You know, you see the Anfield yeah. sign. So I'm still playing football as a professional footballer, but I'm still going to these grounds as a fan. And, you know, yeah. when you're going to Anfield as a fan and you're looking at, you know, that was a ground, that was like the holy ground. So to play there, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and I think at the time, that I think they, they were getting crowds of 48,000. Mm-hmm. I was a fan. Mm-hmm. And to score, I had to stop thinking of all the Liverpool friends I've got back home and concentrate on the game. Yeah. So... Now that I've scored, I had to look, I had to try and bring myself down, but I couldn't get out of my head. I'm just flipping scored at Anfield Trek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And it and it and it wasn't a tapping. I no. mean, it was a pile of Honestly, I couldn't get my head around it. And then before you know it, I had another chance. Mm. If I'd have just swung my right foot, I think I would have scored. Um mm. But no, honestly, it was it was monumental, and again, another moment in in my career at Birmingham that I knew would probably live with me forever, and yeah. it has. It's proven yeah. to be so. I'm 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 never tired of, of of coming into contact with Birmingham fans, and that's one of those moments. It's like they remember where they were. Yeah. For me yeah. to bring that kind of joy and remembrance to somebody, mm. you know, um, I couldn't ask for more. Yeah. No, like, no. Go on, Nick. Like it was- you're going to I've got to put that Ricky Otto goal on. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Loved it. Anyway, uh, we've got a couple more announcements, guys, if you wouldn't mind me just doing these. Okay. One from Craig Courtney uh, this week. Uh, we've been informed that a big blue nose and stand-up ca- comic Fat Theo has been suffering with COVID-19 and has been in and out of ICU, but has now been ma- moved back to the ward. Theo's breathing is getting better, uh, so things are looking good. We at the Tilt and Talk Show would like to wish Theo well and would like to get as many messages as possible to him. Messages and we will sure they reach him. Get well soon. Get well soon, Theo. Mm. Right, and if you could find me the other one, then I'll, I'll do that one at the same time. Now, okay. unfortunately, my computer's hung again. I keep asking for this new iPad, Chris, but it don't come. You know, I mean, she's had hot buckets, she's had, you know, gobstoppers. Well, you Christ, need, she needs training you know, up. She needs training up. Nick. Just an iPad, that's all I want, just an iPad. Exactly. And the other one, which was a lovely message, which I saw over the weekend. It's always great to hear from listeners regarding the support Tilt and Talk Show brings following Monday's show we received the following. You four lads are so down to earth, no big egos, and mix really well together. Just great listening to you talk about the blues every week. Great show last night, as always. I live in Paul Dorset, and until... Uh, 
the last two or three years, came up for loads of games and all the London Southern games. Hard to get away tickets now as rightly they go away to away season ticket regulars. I'm pushing 70 now, but young at heart. So the drive up and back in a day and petrol got a bit much, really. I watched non-league down here, mostly Weymouth, Dorchester, and I still love going to a game. Yeah, as I said, your show is great for me to look forward to, especially in this crazy time. And the effort you've all put in is brilliant. And as Nick said last night, 10 years commitment, real commitment. So Chris, Nick, Mark... Uh, and Paul, he yeah. got yeah, he got one name wrong. Do you So Chris, Nick, uh, <laughs> Mark, and Paul, take a bow. You blues legends, you're 100. percent Keep right on to you all. Thanks for the kind words there from Joe Donahoe. Thank oh, you very lovely. much, Joe. That's, that's really lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah, yeah. Joe. Well, I know we've done this all through. We, we've kept going, Ricky, all through COVID, even though there <clears> were no games on, and we, we couldn't not, not do this. You know what I mean? Because we are a link. We're, we're a link pin to keep all our supporters yeah. together keep chatting, um, you know, whether that's about game stuff, fun stuff, this, that and the other, the odd joke here and there. Um, and, and and the guest list has been absolutely superb. We've got to praise and say thank you to Craig Courtney so, so very much for all the hard work. Mm-hmm. He was to be honest as well. Uh, and there are others as well that do so much to help the show. Um, and Nigel Mann put a little while ago after that uh, appeal that I put uh, for Lillian's birthday, lots of people said they're sending cars. Nick, I put this out on LinkedIn, 15,000 views. Wow. Wow. That's brilliant. That's fantastic. We've had had some of your ex-teammates on, Ricky. We've had uh, Benno on. We've had Mark Ward. Mm. We've had um, Daishi Daishi as well. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. of course, man. Those are some names, isn't it? (laughs) You're putting me under pressure for this this, this. (laughs) First eleven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might have you might have to you might have to change a few now, Ricky. <laughs> oh, goodness. And signed so my Otto after the final assembly. I my mum to wash the shirt a week later. <laughs> Keep right on for New Zealand. New Zealand. All across the world. We have listeners from all over the world, including wow, Warrington. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> and Warrington, yeah. And Warrington, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, quite a, there's quite a few questions that have come up on the um, shout box. Uh, apologies, I, I have missed a couple. Uh, Stephen, Stephen Gill wants to know, what's Ricky's best goal and favourite gaffer? We probably know. We probably know the answers, uh, Ricky, but... <laughs> Well, my favourite gaffer, it definitely ain't Trevor Francis, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. oh come uh, on, come uh, on, spill the beans, spill the beans. No, it's, not, it's nothing in it. No, no. You know, I think, I think with some managers, you know you get them with some, you just don't get them with others. Mm. Um, but uh, I think with, with, with Trevor Francis, I think he, at the time, he just wasn't as honest um, about what he was doing. And I don't like dishonest. Well, not dishonest. Yeah. He just wasn't as upfront. Yeah, that's, that's the word, upfront. Right. Mm. Um, you know, um, but that's about it. I, I knew about Trevor Francis. He likes yes men. Mm. All right, okay. Mm. Real uh, saying yes. <laughs> uh, Kevin Tomlinson wants to know who's the best player he played with at the Blue. The best player you played with. That's a big question, but I think considering I'm the kind of a person I like, I like, I like, I like flair. I like trickery. I like, you know, I like players that can get get the fans off their seat. And for me, there were no one better than Jose Dominguez at that man. Oh yeah, quality. He, yeah, he was ridiculous. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I mean, he done things that we just used to stand up there and just laugh and giggle, man. Just you know, <laughs> for me, he I, I would put him. Do you know what I mean? As a natural, skillful person, that when when he got the ball, 
you could actually hear the fans just, mm. you know what I mean? Their, their temperature just rose, man. And yeah. fans were already on their feet. And so I, I like those kind of players. Um, so yeah, I'd have to say Jose. Yeah. I was a bit gutted when he missed out on Wembley, to be honest. It was a shame. Didn't he have international mm. duty or something? Under 21s, Portugal or something? I don't know, man. I can't even yeah. remember that far. Remember. Did, did, I remember he, he missed. Didn't play, he didn't play, he didn't play the final. Wow, he missed out. Yeah, yeah. But then again, that might be to my fortune because maybe he would have played instead of me. Who knows? (laughs) 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 You know, with Barry Fry, anything can happen on the day, man. So uh, (laughs) maybe that's to my uh, advantage. But um, you've just raised my attention. I didn't even realize that. Mm. Gosh, he didn't play, did he? He missed. He missed it. I I knew. I knew it would have had to have been something. Obviously, to do with football and not getting there because obviously, you know, being contracted to your club, you know, you can't just not play unless there was some some kind of loophole. So, um, yeah, that, that sounds about right. To be fair, can you, Ricky? Can you remember much about? Sorry, go on. I don't know whether you're aware that there's been a gypsy curse placed on St Andrews for many, many years. Now, Barry tried to get rid of it by uh, being told to go and have a wee on all of the four court posts, and uh, that didn't work. And then we had another vicar in, and that didn't work. Now, the Magnals. Question for Ricky: As you're a minister, can you please come and bless the ground at St Andrews and get rid of this gypsy? That's what just tried to work. You won't have to go into the four corners and urinate. I won't, there. I, I won't have to go and urinate in the four <laughs> no, corners. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's fair about the four corner one, Ricky. I, I, I have heard because I remember when Barry done an interview, and apparently someone did bring that to his attention mm. um, that. You know, there, there is this gypsy curse. I also heard something like, isn't the grand supposed to be on some old cemetery or something yeah, like that? I've I'm heard not that sure. One as well, yeah. I've heard that yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, mm. yeah, but needless to say, whatever Baz did, if he did do something, uh, you know, I don't think it worked. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just for that one Why not? <laughs> yeah. Mate, just try, please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ricky, going back to Wembley, can you remember much yeah. about. Barry's team talk prior to the game and your assist for Tatey's header. And obviously the infamous T-shirt. You're listening to the Tilton Talk Show. Welcome back to the Tilton Talk Show. And obviously the infamous T-shirt as well, you know, the fantastic yeah. T-shirt that he had on. I think, you see, Barry's team talks, it wasn't like... Barry kind of... He was a kind of a manager where he believed in you. Yeah. I bought you because you're good. Mm. Yeah. So go out there and play. That, yeah. You know, using yeah. choice words. So his team talks wasn't like a very tactical type team, team talk. It was literally like, you know what? If you do your job well and you do what I brought you here to play, you'll win. Just yeah. go in there and make sure you just do the right stuff quickly, early doors, and go and win. So the team talk, it wasn't really that deep. I think Steeny used to do more of the team talk. But again, I think when I look at like Barry, Edwin, David Howells, you know, their team talk was really just based around we brought you here because you're good. Yep. Do your jobs right and, and we'll win. So they were very short, mm. not really long-winded or stuff like that. We all knew what our, what our jobs was. Yeah. So I just remember fundamentally Barry just telling us to enjoy it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That, that was fundamental. Amongst all the hype that was going on because it was huge, for a lot of us, because a lot of us hadn't played at Wembley. I mean, it was anticipated that there's going to be a big crowd. Um, we knew already uh, as players that I think about 50,000 tickets were already sold 
So we knew we were going down there as favourites. We knew we were going to have a big crowd. So most of us, I think for Barry, it was a case of, guys, you're good. I bought your hair because you're good. If you perform the way you've been performing this season, well, wipe Carlisle to the floor. So just go out there, do the right things right, enjoy the occasion. It's a big occasion. Because I think what he really wanted to do is deflect away from the expectation that we were expected to win. Yeah. Um, and so fundamentally, I just remember him just saying, go out there and enjoy it. Um, and again, I think he named the team. We knew we were playing from, was it the night before? I think the night before. Because um, I remember going to the game knowing that I'm playing. So that's always good. Because when you're knowing you're playing, you can just get your head right from the night before. Um, but yeah, fundamentally, it was just him just saying, listen, man, enjoy the occasion. If you do, if you do what you do well, I, I rate you guys as players, you'll win. Mm. Um, but I think we have to remember what was fundamental is for us, it was winning the league, getting out of Division Two and getting yeah. to Division One. And we had Brentford on the Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and that yeah. was the game that everyone was looking forward to. But again, that was the game that Barry Five was trying to say, well, let's not think about Wednesday for now. Yeah. You know, let's just enjoy this occasion, win or lose, we'll enjoy it, but the real game is on Wednesday. Mm. So, yeah, I think Barry was just more about enjoy the game, enjoy yeah. the occasion. It's is at it, Wembley. Is it safe mm. to say he was, he's more, uh, he was more inspirational rather than uh, a tactician? Mm. Yeah, well, you see, Barry Fry, he's a fan, isn't he? He's a yeah. fan. He's a kind of a, you know, um, I've, 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 I've played with some managers like Peter Taylor. He was very technical in his training, in, in, in his method. Barry Fry was very much, listen, man, you know what I mean? I bought your hair because you can play. So go and play um, and express yourself. So I think it was more like that. It was, it, it was more inspirational um, with a good little kick up the backside, uh, you know, that kind of inspiration. Yeah. Um, but again, I think it was an occasion that everyone wanted to enjoy, even for Barry again, because I think for Barry, managing a big side, um, and the potential that we can, you know, do the double and have that kind of celebration and just kind of just, uh, you know, just make the fans enjoy it as well. Yeah, yeah. I mm, think verify, mm. he didn't want to get too technical. He just thought, yeah. you know what, guys, if you go out there and express yourself, you'll win this game. Mm. So let's go mm. enjoy it. And it then must have been a fun, It must have been a fun time, though. It must yeah. have been a fun time to be at Blues. It, it was a fun time. Yeah. It was a fun time. But again, you have to remember, as players, sometimes it weren't always fun because you've got 52 pros in the end. So sometimes you don't know whether you're playing or not. Sometimes you turn up on a Saturday and that's when you're t being told you're playing. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that is because many of us, we were coming from other clubs where we were playing often. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of preparation, you can prepare properly throughout the week. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we're at nightclub during the week. That's not it because we weren't doing that. But there is still something mental in your in your makeup where when you know you're playing often, you know, you, you're training, you're, you're eating right, you're living right, because you, your, your mind's on Saturday. But mm. I think when Baz come to, to Birmingham, big club, big budget, yeah. it seemed like every time we lost the game, Barry thought the only solution was to buy another player. <laughs> well, in the end, you know, we had 52 pros on the book. 52 pros on the book. Now, all of a sudden, you can't really kind of take it for granted that you're going to go and play on Saturday. You just don't know. And that does something to your makeup. It does something to your psyche. So you're kind of still ifing and butting, humming and hawing. Am I playing on Saturday? 
I think that's when I, I think that's when they extended the car park at the Sedgemere, wasn't it? <laughs> they done something, yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> you know, um, but I think that brought a lot of um, unrest with players. Um, mm. And then again, you know, I'm the kind of a player. Um, once I've, I'm playing, I can build on momentum. Um, if I make a mistake, you know, you kind of need a manager to know and believe that you know you can rectify mistakes. I had mm. that luxury at Orient and Southend. Um, I didn't have that luxury as often at Birmingham. Um, and you like Ricky, you liked your music back then as well, didn't you? I remember the Sedge mate when I was about 15, 16, and you turned up to training and you, you, you I think you had like a bass bin in your boots or something and your tunes were blasting. <laughs> yeah, well <laughs> I, you know what I think it was an amazing time for many of us because the nineties it was a it was a crazy era, but when I say crazy, not in crazy out of order, <laughs> but there were so many things that was popping in the 90s. Do you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And, and, mm. and I think we all was part of that whole kind of craze of just kind of going for it. The 90s was a, was a serious decade for a lot of us young, oh, yeah. growing up, we're fulfilling yeah. our dreams, yeah. playing football. And so we, we kind of were just enjoying that moment. And so, yeah, for me, music has always been a big part of my life. Yeah, me um, too. And when I bought the mm. car, when I bought the car, the, the bass bin was already in the car. And so the guy said to me, do I want the bass? I said, well, keep the bass bin. Why take it out? If it's already there, why take it out? So, you know, I felt like it was, it was, it was supposed to be. So, yeah, but we all used to love music, going into training, music in the, in the changing rooms, music, away games on the coach. That was just, Brilliant. you know, at that time, yeah. the camaraderie within the camp. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't live without music either. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, rather, I'd, rather, I'd, rather listen, I'd rather listen to music than watch uh, telly sometimes, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, you, yeah, had, yeah. you had a green, you had a green BMW, you did you, uh, um, Ricky? Did you have a green BMW? Yes, green BMW convertible. Mm, M, M4 TTO. Oh. Yeah. I don't know what that M4 means, but Otto. it sounds good. Yeah, M4 Otto. At the time... The reason why I went that way because at the time Emreg was in. It was uh, Emreg, yeah. and so it was oh, a new car. Yeah, and then the, yeah. the plate was M40 TTO, which yeah. meant really M for Otto. So it almost sounds like Emreg ah, yeah, 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 yeah. for Otto. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's, I remember, that's why I went for it. I remember you signing your autograph for. I remember you signing your autograph for me, and I was having to dance while I was waiting. <laughs> oh, I wish you had that on video now. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Did you have air then? Serious message. I did, yeah, jet black air. <laughs> Serious message from Ricky. Ricky. Go on, Nick. Ricky, there's a gentleman called um, Michael Cleary. Yeah. Um, remember his name for later. And he said, ask Ricky if he'll say a prayer for a great friend of mine who passed away suddenly last Friday. That's Michael Cleary. Michael, we're all with you. Uh, we're all yeah. one family in my East, yeah. and I'm sure Rick, you, you'll do the business for him shortly. Absolutely, Michael Cleary. Mm. Consider it done. Thank Absolutely. you. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Liverpool have signed Ben Davies from Preston. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Mm. Not makes any difference. I know. I'm just keeping you updated. I'm just having a look, seeing what, uh, seeing what's going on. Uh, well, uh, while you're on the subject, Dave. while you're on the subject of that, Nick, we've got Sam Cosgrove, obviously in from Aberdeen, and we've got um, yeah. Kendra Simmons yeah. from Man City as well. This Simmons so, looks like a prospect, doesn't he, Paul? Mm-hmm. I've not seen him play yet at all, but obviously if he's coming from Man City's academy, then yeah, I would imagine he's got something about decent. him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 
Yeah, yeah. He's, no, he's no Ricky Otto, but, you know. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> right, ladies and gents, boys and girls, I told you to have, uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun tonight. We're going to have a little bit of fun. And uh, what we're going to do each week is bring you um, a truth. Mm-hmm. That truth is something that happened to either Mr. Hipkiss, myself, Mr. Susan, or Mr. Adams. And the question is, we want, and Paul, my, uh, unfortunately, my computer's just saying, cannot play your video, blah, blah, blah. So, Paul, could you keep your eye on, on the answers and just do a tick chart over the next literally four minutes? That's it, four mm-hmm. minutes, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who, out of this, was played the role of Puff the Magic Dragon's tail? Which one of the four of us once played the role of Puff the Magic Dragon's tail. Four minutes, starting from now. Off you go. Okay. Off you go. And uh, let's do who tallies up to get the winner. Okay. So oh. which one out of the four of us played the role of Puff the Magic Dragon's tail? There you go. While we're doing that, Ricky, I want you to talk us through your assist in the auto windscreens final, obviously, for tight header. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that was amazing. I, I remember, I think it was the Wednesday or the Thursday, uh, I'd done an interview. <clears throat> I think it was for the Evening Mail. And... The, the, the reporter at the time asked me what what would be, you know, if you could write the script yourself, uh, how would you want to see the game go? I said, well, obviously scoring. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. Because, you know, again, growing up, Wembley was the hallowed turf. Um, oh, yeah. And I, mm-hmm. and I, wanted, I wanted to win at Wembley because the, the great players that have played at that stadium and, and gone up those 39 steps, I wanted to go up those steps as a winner. So I remember saying to him, obviously I would love to score, but I said, I'll tell you what, if I don't score, I will settle for being part, you know, being involved in the goal. I'll settle for that all day long. Um, and that's what happened. I mean, you all remember it, man. It was a bit of a long-winded game. It wasn't when it wasn't the best game, to be fair. It wasn't no, the best game. I think, yeah, I think it, it only really got exciting when we got into um, um, the next goal wins. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, because uh, that's when it really got exciting. I, I just remember, like, every time they got the ball, they was going forward. My heart was near my backside because I was thinking, <laughs> don't, don't score because it was like w- winning goal. But it kind of took us back to when we used to play football at school, yeah, Wembley. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the winning, yeah. the, the next goal wins. Yeah. So yeah. I remember just, um, you know, piling on the pressure. And I remember Wardy, I remember Wardy got the ball. By then, everyone's legs are getting heavy, but I, I was a kind of a player, like, I was quite fit. So, in those kind of, you know, extra time, I still had a lot of energy, and I knew that the player I was playing against, he, he was tiring. So, I just remember Wardy getting the ball out wide, and I just remember saying to myself, I've got to do something different, because I've been trying to get outside of this player all game, but I wasn't successful. And I just remember jinking, like if I'm going to go into the outside, but then quickly just flicking the ball on the inside and, and just crossing the ball with my right foot. Um, and I wasn't always the confident with my right foot. Um, but I just went for it. I just whipped in that ball with my right foot. And all I remember, again, it just come off Tate's head and then it was a slow motion moment. I remember mm. it come off his head and then I can just see that gap. The keeper's in the middle of the goal the gaps there and the ball just kept going there and it was a slow moment and it was going there and I was like all the other fans 
And then when the ball hit the net, <laughs> honestly, I remember it was just slow motion. The whole stadium was bouncing. And I just mm. remember running as fast as I can because... It just dawns on you when one. Uh, when do I yeah. And I remember I Barry Fry, Steenie, all of them coming out of the dugout. Yeah. And it was like slow motion, but the stadium was shaking. It was <laughs> yeah. shaking. Yeah. And, yeah. and then I just stopped and just collapsed. Yeah. Honestly, it yeah. just stopped because remember, in the end, we took 55,000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there were yeah. 76,000 in the stadium. And yeah. honestly, the noise. Yeah. I mean, the noise when that ball went in. I mean, everyone just went in their own separate ways. I just remember running back to the halfway line. I don't know why. I just needed space to run. I just needed space to run. And I just <laughs> ran as fast as I could until I collapsed. And it was, a, it was an amazing feeling because the relief. Mm. More than anything else, it was just the relief. Because the game wasn't a really exciting game. It wasn't the yeah, best game. Nice. But, I mean, all of that is forgotten amongst the noise of knowing that you've won because I mean for us as players you know I remember the conversation in the, in the change room was like you know what that that was a horrendous game but at least we're making our fans go back up the motorway happy oh yeah, yeah. that that was the general consensus happy, that a lot yeah. of us were saying because we knew it, it, it was a poor game well, you yeah. know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. in 90 yeah. minutes and then the extra it was a poor game mm. but yeah. that's what we were saying at least at least they can because once you've won, you don't really forget the dynamics of the game. But we just didn't want to make sure that 55,000 fans came down to Wembley. We was the favourites. The expectation was us for, for, to win and yeah. then lose. Because I think that would have had, or it could have impacted on Wednesday. But as it stood, you know, being able to provide Tatey with that goal, it kind of, <laughs> it kind of immortalises me, doesn't yeah, yeah, it? Yeah. Because... That's, a, that's for yeah, Tatey. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was Tatey's moment. Yeah. I mean, he is, he is, I've never seen a more crazier fan for a football club like Tatey. Tatey, yeah. Nah. Yeah, yeah. 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 He is Ricky, completely yeah. bonkers. I was thinking right when he shirt up. Huh? Oh, and do you know that noise, Pete? You know that noise? That Nick, you're breaking you're up. Instead of playing up, Nick, the, the kick course. Yeah, mine, mine is a bit too. I think yeah. our internet's been up too awfully this week, so I apologize for that. Uh, Ricky, you back with us? Yeah, no, you, I was on about yours. <laughs> Did you remember that noise at the end of Wembley when you had that take goal went in? Most of it came out of my god, mate, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, Ricky, um Tate is actually listening. He's just he's just said, um, ask him about me and him driving down to Wembley on the Thursday evening with him building a um uh shall we say a uh, uh herbal cigarette uh, yes. whilst balancing the steering wheel with his knees. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, you know that that was one of my many gifts, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Of, you know, uh, trust Tate to remember that, man. <laughs> I, I think I would have been a bit more dignified and said to Tate, "I remember when me and Tate was in the rave in Birmingham off our nuts." <laughs> Come on, that's what I remember. Because uh, if, if, yeah. if you go out with Tate, trust me. You're going on an all-nighter, <laughs> right? He ain't making you go home, man. Yeah, there's been a couple of times when, you know, me and Tate, he's the last person dancing in the club, man, because uh, <laughs> Tate, he knows how to party. Uh, give him that, man. Right, got, right on. Yeah, he, he, can't, he can't dance to save his life, nah. but he's got lungs, he's got wings. He can, he can last the time. But again, things that we shouldn't have been doing. But I think 
in saying that, there's there's a lot of things I think football didn't know didn't know how to tackle. Mm. A lot of us we're just street kids, man. Yeah. You know, we're, we're we're coming from the street, and so you know, football wasn't as strict as it is now. But I suppose if football knew certain things, they could have probably guided us a little bit more, and maybe we wouldn't have been so erratic. But mm. hey, um, it is what it is. But those are the moments that kind of bond players. And like yeah. I said, I've always respected Tatey as. Tate's a he's a he's a road man, he's a street man, he, he gets it. And for plays like that, it's no surprise that me and him are rolling down uh the M1, going to the Wembley Hotel, having a happy fag. <laughs> he's, he's on in a few weeks as well, uh, Ricky. He's coming on in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. wait. I just and, can't and wait. Also, and, and also a very big tall uh blues player is coming on in a couple of weeks. There's a good clue in it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, 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 that's a good one. But I wanna I wanna say though, seeing as Tate is listening, that like again for, for for me, I think everyone, everyone at the club was so thrilled that it was Tate that got the goal. Because honestly, if there was I mean for Tate, he just wanted to win. Mm. We all knew that he was he was he was blue bonkers, man. But for him to get that goal, for him to get that goal, but you know, everyone was pleased for him and so I'm glad that he's been immortalized in, oh, yeah. in, in Birmingham's history in Forever. that way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, and I'm just a I'm I'm just a side piece because he can't head that goal without the person <laughs> delivering it. So course, yeah. you know, I'm just I'm just jumping on the back of his immortalization. But um no, I was thrilled that he 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 scored that goal. I didn't know about the t-shirt though. Mm. He kept that from me and, and from other players. I didn't know that he he had that t-shirt under him, but Sod's right. more, isn't it? It's a story. For him to Ricky, score right? and to have yeah. that T-shirt. That everybody, every, everybody had a T-shirt in a box. They had a box with T-shirts on the halfway line and everybody took an extra T-shirt out and put it on. And the only one that was left, he said he didn't fabricate that himself. The only one that was left was that one with that round circle on it with a bulldog on it. Uh, and he put it on and apparently he got hauled to Golds and Sullivan's office on the Monday after mm-hmm. the game. Tate was cacking himself, thinking he was going to get like a proper, proper doing for it. Uh, they asked him in, asked him to sit down. He was cacking himself. And he said, right, you know what you're here, don't you? That T-shirt. And Tate went, yeah. He says, I'm going to market them in the club shop. Listen, I mean, if you look at the gold bubbles, they are, they are entrepreneurial yeah. at the highest, isn't they? So yeah. I think there would have been a lot of Blues fans that would have bought that T-shirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, definitely. of course. But again, it just it just endeared Tatey to his club. Because mm. trust me. Incredible. Birmingham's yeah. his club, man. And so, so I'm so pleased for him that he's, he's got that platform. Um, he deserved it. He, he, he was a good player. He was a good player. I was going to say, what, what's he hasn't got the T-shirt anymore either. I know, but I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, gosh, I don't even know who my next 11 is because now Tatey's in there. I've just picked him up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and put him in somewhere, am I? I'm under pressure here. I'm under pressure. I'm going to sack myself. Is it, is, it fair, is it fair to say that he was your favourite teammate at... Uh, you know what? And, and I'll be honest with you, there was lots of clicks with us. Mm. I, I mean, there, there wasn't anyone click. We all just got on. Yeah. But I think with Tatey... Um, we were into the same music, the mm. same vibe. So, yeah. so there was a, there was a few of us. There was Tate, there was Louis Donawa, do you know, what I mean? Kevin Francis, like the same type of music. So, so there was there was a group of us that we just kind of enjoyed. Once we get the result, 
Do you know what I mean? And again, you've got to remember at the time, a lot of us were single. So we, we didn't have any restrictions like, you know, any, any girlfriends wanting us to stay with them. We can go out and actually just enjoy mm-hmm. uh, socialising. And, and that's how it was. But I mean, in the changing room, we were all buddies. We were all just like, you know, having a crack with each other. And so Tatey was just one of those that when I was going at, and you've got to remember, I was learning a lot about Birmingham City in the sense of location. Yeah. I'm coming from London. So Tatey was pivotal in helping me understand where to go, where not to go, who to muck about with, who not to muck about with. And mm-hmm. for me, coming into a new city, um, that, that kind of information is vital to help me to know how to box clever yeah, yeah. in a place where I don't know no one. So people like Tatey, you stick close to them because they know the city and then it enable people to not take liberties with myself because uh, everyone's coming to me, to us as players. Tate was able to help kind of like, don't muck about with them. No, nah, don't go there. Don't do this. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of information was key. Sorry, Adam's asked... Wow. Ricky... Did you have any pre-match rituals or superstitions, like you know, like putting your left boots on first, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Just have a spliff. If you if you want to keep it, if you want to keep it one hundred, yeah. If you want to keep it one hundred, yeah. Again, you have to remember. I think a lot of people don't realise. You know, I've been in prison five times, so I'm coming out with certain idiosyncrasies that, yeah. if it's not been challenged, if it's not been addressed. Mm. I'm just thinking I'm just going on per normal. Yeah, yeah. So for me, smoking weed was normal in my life, where I'm coming from. Yeah. Um, I, I had to come out of prison and make a life out of football while I was mm. smoking weed. So unless it's going to be addressed, I, I just thought, well, I'm getting through. I'm yeah, getting yeah, by. Yeah, yeah. So my ritual, that was it. I, 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 I'll drive to the game, just have a little whiff, just to get me in the mood. Do you ever go back mm. to those days? Well, where you went earlier, Rick, we're oh, not sorry. interested in why, oh, no. why you're in prison no, no. or why you were no. in prison. That's not our interest. That's, uh, how did you make that transition then to become a professional footballer uh, from that, uh, that bad period in your life? The truth mm. of the matter is, uh, and I think what a lot of people don't realise, when I was growing up in school, from the ages of eight, nine years of age, yeah. you know, I, 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 was, I was at Tottenham Schoolboys at 10, 11 years of age. I was playing for Hackney. I was playing for London. Um, my pedigree in football, I grew up playing against the likes of Paul Lintz, David Rollcastle, Mickey Thomas, Tony Adams, Paul Merson, because I was playing against those guys in district football. So when I was growing up in school football, I was considered one of the best footballers in London for my age. Yeah. But what happened is now when I look back on my life, not growing up without a father, without a father in my life, um, in black families, especially mothers, they, they ain't got no time to um, go and watch you go and play football because... The struggle is real. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in a single parent family. My mum ain't got no time to be standing on a football, watching me play football. She's trying to make two ends meet. And that, a lot of that is like that with single parent families. So you didn't, you didn't have the backing of your parents. So mm-hmm. what happened is when I got to like 14 and I was able to stay out a lot longer, go youth club, girls were getting the, the, get their shape. You're becoming... You're listening to the Tilton Talk Show. Welcome back. To the Tilton Talk Show. Getting the, the, get the shape, you're becoming more aware of yourself and wanting to look nice, go to the disco. Mm. I didn't have no one to rein it in and say, Rick, keep focus on football. Mm. So what happened at 14, 15, I kind of just went down the street life, got expelled from school, stopped going training and just kind of just got myself into that life. And that's how I ease into crime. So after five prison sentences, 
I think what was the key for me, the four times that I was incarcerated, that was in youth custody. And I tend to find in young offenders institutions, no one ain't really trying to help you to get along. Everyone's playing the bad man. Yeah. But my last sentence, what I got four years for, I served that in adult prison. And while I was in adult prison, uh, I, got, I got a good kick up the backside in a nice kind of way. Because while I was in prison, I used to play football for the prison officers as well as the prison team. But when I'd done this in, in big man prison, big man, two guys come to me after and they said, mate, what are you doing in there? What are you doing in there? And I thought to myself, what do you mean? Because at first they, they said I was taking liberties with them. And I said, what do you mean I'm taking liberties with you? Who are you? I don't even know you. But they were saying, bruv, you're taking liberties with us. And they were using choice words. And I couldn't understand why they were annoyed at me. Because I don't know you. And they were saying, listen, what we saw you do in the gym the other day, bruv, what are you doing in there? You're throwing your life away. They hadn't seen that level of talent in prison. And so they came to give me a good kick up the backside. And so this is the first time any male adult had spoken anything positive into my life. Mm, I was still- learning about I was learning mm. about my male masculinity on street, mm. and on street, men just want to make money. So you know we're, we're committing burglaries and robberies to make money. But this was the first time someone spoke something positive. I knew I could play football because, like I said, my pedigree is football, always has been. But between fourteen and and nineteen, I've been in prison five times. But the last time it was with adult prison, and when I was looking at men old enough to be my dad still in prison, I said to myself, nah, man, I can't be coming out of prison at 30. And so I feel like this was a pivotal moment when them yeah. guys saw me play football, come and gave me a good kick up the backside in the nicest way and said to me, bruv, if I was you, don't serve the time, let the time serve me. What they were saying is don't sit down until you get released and then figure out what you want to do. Start doing something about it now. In prisons, they've got some of the best gyms. Yeah. We can be yeah. in the gym every day. So what they were saying is prepare yourself now so once you get released, you can hit the floor running if you get the opportunity. Mm. And so that's what i done. Mm-hmm. I came out and I said, as long as I can keep away from certain men and keep away from certain pool houses and pool calves, if I can stay on the street long enough, I know I will get the opportunity and, and the rest will be history. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. So my transition into football, it wasn't difficult at all. Because if you go back to my school football, that's all I was doing. That's all you know I was what? playing. I, I promise you, Ricky, right? I've, I, I don't suppose a lot, many, if, if any Birmingham City fans have ever heard that story before, but that mm. has mm. absolutely put goosebumps on my arm, mate, yeah, honestly. Full credit to you, man, for what absolutely. you went on to do after. Yeah. Right, a bit of breaking news, mm. ladies and gents, if you don't mind. Uh, Ray posted earlier that Bristol City may come in for a late uh, bid for Christian Pedersen, and I've just had it confirmed confirmed that uh, Bristol City are making a late swoop, Christian mm, Pedersen. Yeah, there we go. So we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. The votes are in, ladies and gentlemen. They'll be counted and verified by our independent uh, adjudicator. Please don't swear as you're on the li- live on the Tilt and Talk show. And the <laughs> votes are as follows. I came last with two. Right. Chris, you were next with three. <laughs> Paul, you were next with five. And Mark, you were top with eight. These no were just way. A few, a few, just over a few minutes, right? Uh, so, Mark, they actually think that you were Puff the Magic's tail, uh, Puff the Magic Dragon's tail. Can you please, Mark, reveal the real identity of Puff the Magic Dragon's tail? Well, I'm talking to him. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> it was Nick. It wasn't me. <laughs> and I was, I was about seven at infant school. 
And I was crying because I'd got a pair of green ladies' tights on and there was a hole in them. <laughs> no. In front of me, and then somebody else played the part of the head. So, yes, I, ladies and gentlemen, was Puff the Magic Strayer. And he lived by the So, going back to the Ricky, can you answer me a very, very serious question? Yes, sir. What's that plant behind you, mate? <laughs> oh, that's just a normal plant now, man. I'm all legal. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm all, I'm all legal now. That's a normal house plant now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tate uh, just said uh, he's, that he's listening. He says, Tell him I love the geezer and I'm so glad that he's doing well. There's yeah, from Tate. Oh, bless you, man. Bless you. Ricky, I'm really, I'm fascinated. I know you've, 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 you've talked about your transition into football, but I'm, I'm quite fascinated about your transition into Christianity and, and, and the faith yeah. and that like, you know, what, what, what was that? What, how did that moment happen? Was it another yeah. kick well, on? The, the, the truth of the matter is it wasn't a moment. It was a, a series yeah. of, of moments, footsteps, I, I like to call it, because mm-hmm. I, I can go back to when I was serving my four years on the Isle of, Isle of Wight, 19, 1988, late 1988, just when I got my four years and, I, and, I, and they shipped me over to the Isle of Wight, I just remember there was this kind of presence. I felt this kind of presence, but I couldn't explain it. I couldn't articulate it. Yeah. Now, I've always believed in God. I didn't grow up in church. My mum didn't take us to church. My granny was a praying woman. She used to go to church. And I remember there was a period, must have been about for nine months, when my granny took all of me and my brothers and my cousins, which was about eight, nine of us. She took us to her church. Um, but that only lasted about six months. You know, we had to persuade her to go to church. At the time, they used to, you know, the fruit polos. So we used to say, well, come to church if you buy us a fruit polos. So we went to her <laughs> church, but that was for about, mm-hmm. yeah, that was for about six months. But although I didn't grow up in church, I, I always believed there was a God. And as I got older, um, funny as it may seem, funny as it may seem, but I always associated smoking weed and listening to Roots and Cultures type of music in a lot of those musics, it's, it's very spiritual. Yeah. Do you understand? So yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of enhanced my belief that there is a God. Um, so when I started feeling this presence, I just felt this presence, but I couldn't explain it. That was 1988. And there's a series of events that led on from once I got released, once mm-hmm. I got into football, certain things that was happening that, nah, man, this, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. it, it shouldn't be happening. How has it happened that way? But again, I wasn't a believer. I, I wasn't going to church. I wasn't reading Bible. But I remember one day when I realized what was happening, I was actually playing a game and it happened at St. Andrews. And believe you me, if, if there's a gypsy curse at St. Andrews or if it's, if it's on a graveyard, listen, let me tell you something. I remember a game playing at St. Andrews and I was, I was playing on the left near the dugout bit. Yeah. So we was kicking towards a tilton and it was one of those rare moments when the ball's on the other side. So I'm kind of walking, watching the game, but I'm actually saying to myself, gosh, what am I going to do when my career finishes? Because life don't get any better than this. At the time, you know, again, we're playing in front of 20 plus thousand fans. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm living in a nice house in Sutton Coalfield, driving a nice car, earning decent money. Uh, I've got fame and fortune, making my mum happy. You know, I, and I just remember just that occasion where I thought, gosh, man, what am I going to do when, when football finished? Because I've never done a day's job, never worked. What am I going to do? And I heard it so clearly. I just heard the words, you're going to serve me. And I remember running, give me the ball. Come here, give me the ball. And, and I tried to run off what I just heard. 
but I couldn't run it off. And I remember all the way to the game finished, I, I don't even know what the result was. I was in the change room getting ready and all I kept remember hearing is, serve me, serve me. And I was going home and I was supposed to go out that night, but I was so disturbed with that, that I'm just sitting at home. The guy said that we're going out, I said, nah. And all I kept thinking is, serve me. And I understood what it was because while I was doing that, I was going all the way back over the events, past events, where I could feel this presence, but I can't understand it. I can't articulate it. And it took me all the way back to 1988. And that's when the penny dropped took me. So that presence that I was feeling was God. And God was calling me. And so although I, I, I was aware that that was God, that was 1995. But I didn't give my life to the Lord until 2004. So I was still living a raggedy life but I was still spiritual because, you know, I'm still smoking my herb. I'm still <laughs> believing that right now we go on Solomon's grave and anything that is natural is godly. So yeah. I still believe that the weed smoking and the God is it's all spiritual. But it wasn't until 2004 that I actually surrendered and gave my life to the Lord because other yeah. events transpired where I felt that presence again. And I just realized that God was calling me and mm. I couldn't run anymore. Mm. And, and so I just had to surrender. But my calling was rough. It, it, my conversion was difficult. I always say to my congregation that there's three types of ways a person comes to Christ. It can come being born into a Christian family. And so they grow up going to church and that's all they know. You can have those who come to church because they're going through difficulty, rough times, and they come to church and they want to get prayer. And then they kind of continue to pursue that, that walk of faith. And then you've got what I consider myself to be a kicker and screamer. God's been calling you for years, but I've been kicking and screaming, refusing to come. Why? Because for me, I, in my mind, I understood that Christianity means there will be some things I have to stop doing. Mm. And I wasn't prepared to stop doing what I wanted to do. I was enjoying my life. Yeah. I was playing football. I'm earning money. I've got fame. I've got fortune. How, why do I need to go to church? I'm blessed. Look at my life. But mm. I was running. Mm. And so my conversion was rough because I, I lost everything. Really? I lost everything. Oh. I lost money that I invested in business. I lost family. I lost, I got my house repossessed. I lost everything. When I actually gave my life to the Lord, I was on my face. I had to go to my brother and live with my brother. So when I gave my life to the Lord, I was angry. When I was going to church, I was angry because I couldn't understand how comes I've lost everything. How have I gone from a million pound player to jumping on a bus? I was asking God some serious questions because my conversion was rough. Yeah. But that's because I was hard headed. Mm. And as it transpired, as I continued to pursue my walk of faith and grow, then it all started to make sense. And, and I realized that, you know what? For me, I thank God that he allowed me to play football. He allowed me to do all what I wanted to do because today I can sit here and say, my cup is full. I don't need to run out there and try and have any new thrills. I've had it all. I've experienced it all. Now my life is about trying to encourage others mm. to understand what spirituality was all about and to understand what a life lived with Jesus Christ is. So for me, um, yeah, it was a slow burner mm. from 1988 that when I heard God's voice say, I'm going to serve him, that happened another two more times when I heard that voice. So I realized from, ninth, from 95, God was calling me, but I was still kicking and screaming until 2004 when I just had to surrender. Mm. Uh, Adam mm. says, uh, Rick, it's no, no surprise you became a pastor. Sorry? From Steve Portman. Uh, Steve Portman's uh, one of our lovely chaps. He's uh, 
one of the members of uh, the Birmingham City Disabled Supporters Group, and uh, he says, you know how great Ricky is, dot, 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 dot. Even the missus is enjoying the show, and she hates football for some reason. Oh, you disappointed. Wow, you are making massive, uh, massive impact out there tonight, Ricky. You and, really, really thank are. You. And also, I, thank you. And also, sorry, Adam's just said, no surprise you became a pastor, because when you speak, you are inspirational. Absolutely right. Thank you. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jason Hughes is asking Ricky, um, what is that picture behind you? Is it a football related picture? And is it you celebrating the goal at Anfield, I'm thinking? Anfield, man. Looks like Anfield, yeah? Yeah. 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 Thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah, that would be. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Let's have a look at this. Goosebumps. Just thinking about it. Yeah. Oh, Oh, yes. Look at that. Nice, isn't it? That is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Ricky, Ricky, sorry, Ricky, what what are the mementos you got from your career? Have you kept your, your shirts, your medals? You know, have you still got them? Um, I've got, well, the auto windscreen, mm. that was a rubbish medal, by the way. Did I, 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 that that thing, poor, it? Man. it was a rubbish trophy as well, mate. I, I got I got better medals when I was playing under nines, under tens football for my Saturday <laughs> and Sunday team. <laughs> Honestly, I couldn't believe it. When we got up to the stairs, when we all climbed the Wembley stairs... Yeah. And we got to our trophies. I mean, you want to see us. We was looking at this and thinking, what the is this? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it, it was horrendous. A competition local pub, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was just yeah, wooden. Yeah. It was just wooden with some silver. Yeah. I mean, we got into the change room and just flung it down. It was rubbish. <laughs> yeah. So I, I haven't got that. But what I have got is, um, is it still there? Careful, Although it's get, off. Careful what you put out, Ricky. It's off, it's off the chain. <laughs> But I still got the the, the division, two, the, the championship medal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's come off the finger there, but it's still there. Keep it, yeah, keep yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Keep we better it. get on to Ricky, we better get on to favour. Yeah. Now, uh, Paul, we've asked you a question about the photograph behind you. Paul's asked you a question, right? Would you do us a monster of a favour? Would you have that copied for us, printed, and would you sign it, send it to Chris, and we were watching it as part of our, uh, our charities that we're doing so much work for this year, which is PTSD, uh, Birmingham Homeless Support Team. Um, oh, golly. Um, yeah. Paul Devlin's... Um, and his and charity. And, and, yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, lots of other things. But like, if we could have a copy of that. We know no problem. Just, 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 just... Not the um, original, my friend. We'll get... We'll... You need to keep, keep that original. We don't want to ask anything super special, like. But if we copy that photograph, sign it, Back and yeah. on the front, or on the front, no, on the front probably is best in it. So oh, you yeah, can just play it, yeah. and we'll, we'll all that and we'll raise a few quid for it. And uh, it's every penny, every single penny that we raise always goes to the yeah. charities. We'll always. raise a load, we'll raise a load. Consider we're done. Just we'll just, just send me, um, yeah, you guys' address sort... where I can post it to. Yeah, we'll get Craig um, to do that. that done. Done. Yeah, we'll yeah. 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 we'll sort that out. Someone organize that through Craig. Get it, Ricky. Send you a message. No problem. What was that, Paul? Someone's already bid hundred pounds for that. It's absolute. It is a Birmingham City icon moment. We all that are <laughs> excuse me, of, of, the, of the age to be able to remember it, remember it. <laughs> That's crazy. That it's crazy. So, so Ricky, there's a there's a bid on that before you've even sent it. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into my archives because I know I, I, years ago I had a stream of different photos, um, and I may have one more original copy i'm gonna look if if i have then i'll send that original one as well because i think the guy the photographer at the time he must have gave me about four or five Mm. of those same pictures so let me go and look and see if i've got one if i've got one of them then i'll send that one and and don't get it but i will will send it all the same and and sign it amazing 
Be we better get on to your team, Ricky. Oh, we better get on to your team, mate. We've got loads to do yet. Yeah, just get on to the Brown. <laughs> just, just remind us how much how much that bid is. This photograph, Ricky. Listen to this. Well, it's a, the, what, which one? The one that he's just sent. He's just said, yeah, it's a hundred pound already. Hundred pounds already. Yeah, Tim Faraday's bid a hundred pound already. Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's crazy. That's amazing. It's crazy. That's amazing. That's how much of an iconic moment it was, fans, mate, honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right then, Paul. Right, ladies and yeah, gentlemen, we're coming into the last 15 minutes. And do you know what we're going to do tonight? We're going to talk about nothing because this man has been an inspiration to every single one of us. Normally, in the last 15 minutes, we have one hell of a good look, Ricky. We haven't got but time. you're talking tonight, inspired me, certainly. I know it as the rest of the team. And I know it as many people out there. So we're, we're, going to, we're just going to continue this conversation because it's been I'm off happy with this it. Time, yeah. Nick, Nick so, we're, going to, we're going to go. We're going to go to. We're going to go quickly go to Ricky's. Uh, Ricky's team, if that's okay. So you're so you're um, one to eleven, Ricky. My one to eleven. Quick. The players that you played before us. Be careful, <sighs> Ricky. Be careful. Listen, there's there's so many players I can't even remember. So I'm going to stick with what I know as yeah. as the as the basics. Okay. Right. We'll help Hopefully. you out. Um, struggle a bit. Yeah. I'm struggling because. Gosh, man. All right, I'm going to go. This is my back four, as I as I know it. Yeah, I know um, what it'd be. I know what it's going to be. It'd be Chris Brown, uh, Mark Adams, defense, Paul Hipkins in midfield, and me. Yeah. I wish. Go for it. Go for it. All right. Um, I'm going to go for John O on the left left back. I'm going to go for Michael Johnson on the left back. Oh, he'll he'll, um, he'll be happy with that. Yeah, oh, we'll be tough. But um, my centre backs. Well, I mean. I had the privilege of, of of playing a couple of times and uh, driving him to the to the train station most afternoons. Steve Bruce, you, you've got to put in a a double yeah. doubles captain. You can't yeah. you can't not. Um, and this is where my struggle is right now because you you guys just raised reminded me. Well, I didn't need to remind him, but there's Liam Daish. Who's yeah. gonna have this other little centre back? I'm struggling with Liam Daish and Dave Barnett. Because here's my argument. They're both aggressive. Yeah. They're both aggressive, but mm. I feel like Dave Barnett might just get in because he's got the pace. Mm. I think yeah. the only thing that kind of Liam Daish lacked was the pace. <laughs> I feel like Steve Bruce could do what Liam Daish does. So therefore, I'll put Dave Barnett because Dave Barnett will be able to kind of, his recovery yeah. uh, mm. might better. So I'm going to go with Bruce and Barnett at centre-back. And this was a tricky one, but it just came to me late. And I had to remember, because he was always a rock-steady, calm influence, but a great servant to Birmingham City, uh, Franey, at right back. John Franey, yeah. John Franey, yeah. 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 <laughs> it was it. like a frame. <laughs> was more of a left back, you know. He was more of a left back. It was more Gary Paul right back then days. I know. Yeah. Well, I was wrestling with Gary Paul, and then I thought to myself, I'm sure Franey played at right back. All right, well, I can put Franey on the left because Jono's quite versatile. He can <laughs> yeah, go on the right. right, right they're, they're in my team. All right, so so in the middle of the park, in the middle of the park. I mean, I love this guy. I, I love I love guys who are. Were fearless, yeah, and 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 I got to put Wardy in there. Oh yeah, mm. got to put Wardy in there because he was yeah. a he was a pit bull man, and he can ping a pass. 
So yeah. Wardy will get in there, and 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 oh my goodness, uh, I've got to do it. I've got to make it look good because I've been bigging up my boy all evening. So <laughs> I've got to put Tatey in the middle of the park. Oh, yeah. He's got in the middle he of the succumbed. park. He succumbed. Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't knock. I've put Tate in the middle of the park. So Tate, you're in. <laughs> It's not but you need you to be he's scoring. He's not going to put you in. Tatey, you're in, but you need to come off that wacky backy. <laughs> right? Um, and on the left... Oh, sorry. Off the rest, Craig Courtney. Ladies and gents, off the press. Tatey will join us on the 8th of March. Woo! And then big March. Kevin Francis on the 29th. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the Excellent. Left. And on the left, I'm going for Jose Dominguez. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Jose so got quick. to be in there. And then I struggled now because I couldn't remember enough. Um, so I put him in because I couldn't remember. So I'm going to put Louis Donoa on the right for his pace. Really? Oh, Louis, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to put him on the right for his pace. Sometimes his end product wasn't always the greatest, mm -hmm. but I couldn't remember any other players at the time. So I put <laughs> Louis Donoa in. Um, yeah. And then up front, well, my first striker is a no-brainer for me because... Uh, this guy, he just, he just, uh, he exceeded my expectations. Um, his appearance was very scruffy. He reminds me, you remember when you look at um, Scooby-Doo? Remember if you watch <laughs> Scooby-Doo? Yeah, yeah. And you remember Shaggy? Yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. is the only way I can de describe him. Steve Claridge, man. Oh, yeah. Steve Claridge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Steve Claridge, he goes onto the pitch, he just looks like, he just looks, he, he just looks rough and ragged. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> but as a as a player, as a player, great player, it, he, he yeah. scores goals, man. He does it, and yeah, you know he change. he he hits it. But this is where I struggle now because I, 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 you know, there was a couple of players that I've played with um, at Birmingham, um, but no one is standing out or or definitively. And if I've forgotten anyone, you know, because I know Jason Bowen was very quick. He was very nimble. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't remember if I was there with Ken Charlie. Um, I'm yeah. trying to remember anyone else, but I said you to myself, I had so much fun with, 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 with Big Kev. He was just so awkward. I mean, no player wanted to go next to Kevin because yeah. you come out with a black eye or a broken <laughs> nose because he was, he was so gangly. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to put Big Kevin there because he's my boy, man. And uh, I think him and Claridge will still cause damage, even though, you know, Ke Kevin, he, he wasn't your type of flair player. No. But I think what he does, he does well. But Claridge will always get you the goals. So that's my 12. Mm. That's my... Yeah. No, that's my 11. That's sorry. 11. 11. Yeah, yeah, 11. Yeah, yeah. That's my 11. Please don't ask me to name subs. <laughs> no, no. All right, cool. I don't, I don't, I don't, I've got a little suggestion for you, Ricky. Um, at the back, he thinks you should have played uh, Key on the left and Bucky on the right. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, and a message from Dave Ridgeway. Ricky has been one of the best ever guests. Superb. What a guy. Tops. Yeah, thank wonderful. you. Yeah, it's been yeah. fun. It's been real fun. Oh, good. Just asking as well. Go on, Paul. Who's the, ca who's the captain, Ricky? Sorry, Nick. Yeah, you're right. Tatey, of course. Tatey's captain, yeah? Tatey. Tatey's captain. Yeah. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Right, Mark what? Meredith. This is a question to you, Ricky, and it's direct. Right, and it's direct, and I mean it. Have you ever thought about bringing out a book? One... I read Woody's uh, a few years ago from Premier League to Prison Cell. Would love to read your journey. Wow. Oh, that'd be a good book, Ricky. I, good book. I, I, am, I am in the process of writing my book, mm. um, but it's just about man managing my time because uh, yeah. that's yeah. something I've got to work on. Um, 
I remember a couple of years ago, honestly, I was just sitting there thinking about it and call it divine, whatever you want. But, you know, I, I think I heard it straight from heaven that God told me to name my book From Prison Pitch to the Pulpit. And that's going to oh, be the name yeah. of the book. Great name. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Prison wow. Steve Pitch Paul, to the Pulpit. Again, from our disabled supporters club, whose wife uh, was uh, listening earlier, but she doesn't like football. Uh, Mrs. Portman hasn't got a clue that 1 to 11, but she's still chuckling in the background. That's <laughs> superb. <laughs> and somebody else, Ricky, said, um, I think it was Linda Magna. Was it Linda? Yes. Linda Magna was Otto and Tatey on together, please. Ooh, Otto what a show, and Tatey on together. Could you imagine? <laughs> Otto and Tatey show. That'd be a great show. <laughs> Throw absolutely superb tonight. Thanks, Ricky. There's just so many lovely, lovely messages coming in about you, my man. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe it. It's it's nearly five to nine already. You know what yeah. this? Blown by, isn't it? Look, I've still got goosebumps on my arm. Look at that. And I'm not joking. And I've had them on all night long. There's only ever Birmingham City Football Club that does that to me ever. <laughs> but if, if somebody scratches me back. We did have a couple of other things to talk about tonight. I've still got goosebumps on my arms, man. Uh, I've been like this all night. Literally on on the edge of my, well, not even on the seat, I'm on the floor, but literally on the edge of my my chair, if you know what I mean. This has been just Mm. an absolute inspirational hour and a half. I I was thinking today, oh God, what are we going to talk about tonight? Okay, the Liverpool goal. Um, (laughs) But you know what, this, this has flowed like a river. Like a brilliant down a mountain. I'll tell you what we haven't. Sorry, Nick. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what we haven't mentioned, Nick. The Ipswich goal. Oh yeah, the opening day season, yeah. 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 And I think Ricky, I think Tatey scored in that game as well. Tatey scored in that game. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. well. He scored the first goal because uh, we was one nil down, weren't we? Losing half yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but look, 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 look. Think about it. Now that you've brought it to my memory, <laughs> it was it was Wardy that crossed the get, passed that ball to me, wasn't it? And yep. then I touched yeah. it first time and scored. Yeah. yeah. So I was, you know, you see the triangle, Wardy, Tate, Otto. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wardy and Tate, yeah. in my first Thank 11. You. Yeah, well done. Yeah. You see the connection. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might make a manager after all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, that, 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 that game, um, do you know why that game was so, so, I think, pivotal for me? Because I think I mentioned it earlier. I think, when I came to Birmingham, when I first signed, Barry built me up to be a striker. So I think most of the fans expected me to come in as a striker. And when I weren't getting the goals, I felt there was a little bit of a confusion as, you know, what have we actually bought here kind of thing. And I think it got hidden a lot under the momentum that Birmingham had anyway. The expectation to win Division Two, um, you know, the trip to Wembley. So it got it got kind of mask um, that little bit of what have we actually bought here? Do you know what I mean? But I think it took until near the end of that season when we we done the double that I think fans starting to cotton on that actually is not actually a striker. And mm. then I, this is just my opinion. I felt that people's view of me started to change because at the end of the day, when you're coming to a club, big money, people want you to hit the floor running. And because mm. I wasn't scoring goals and I wasn't even playing at the striker, I think a lot of fans was like, what, what have we actually bought here? Do you mm. know what I mean? What's going on, man? Mm. I don't want you crossing balls. I want you scoring goals. And, and I felt that kind of tension. And, you know, I blame Barry for that because he just wanted to get the money to get me to the club. Yeah. So he was going to say whatever he was going to say to the chairman. 
But when you're doing that, you've got to remember what it looks like to the fans. The fans think they're getting a striker when you've got a midfielder. Mm. So when we got to the Ipswich game, that was at the beginning of the season. I think by yeah. then, opinions were starting to change a little bit and mm. people were starting to just take on board what type of player I was. And so when we played that game, that goal, I, I was doing things like that at South and Orient. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because again, I felt like I'm starting to feel a connection with the fans. I think they're starting to understand me. And, and so when I got that goal, that was another explosive moment for me because that's what I really wanted to show the fans what I'm capable of doing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? In my rightful position. And, and I felt like once I felt I was getting the fans on my side, I'm able to play the football and not worry if I make a mistake that fans are thinking, oh, come on, man. I think yeah. they started to understand my game and, mm-hmm. and goals like that. Um, I wanted to continue. Yeah. But again, remember that season, Barry got caught up in, we just had a stupid, ridiculously sized squad and I couldn't build up enough momentum. But for oh. me, that, that goal kind of, I think, made the Birmingham City fans think, rah, yeah, yeah, yeah I can see why. Mm-hmm. I can see why Barry mm-hmm. bought that kind of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that was a little bit of a restoration or redemption kind of feeling for me towards having that kind of relationship with the fans. Mm. He's still, Ricky, two, two minutes to go. John Smith says, "Guess Ricky, honest, authentic, and entertaining." Uh, Nigel Mann wants from prison to pastor by Ricky Fogotto. Uh, absolutely brilliant, honest stories from Ricky. An inspiration to us all, especially at these times. Uh, no, this might be an annoying request, but Otto, inspirational. I am studying theology and want to do some form of ministry. I feel God is calling me to Brum. I was wondering if it were possible for me to get in touch with Ricky. Talk and pray about it. Totally understandable. Possible. Stuart Hind. Stuart Hind. No. Wow. Michael Woods. What a brilliant show. Night, uh, ace guest tonight. Ricky Otto. Inspirational. Honest. General. Good guy. Well done, Ricky. Fantastic show. This is just. They're just, just on and on. And on. Wow. I, 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 you know what? I'm put away by this one, gents. I really thank you. Brilliant. It's been. It's been absolutely amazing. It really yeah, has. Yeah. And you know, thanks for giving up your time. Oh, and, and, oh, and thanks for the memories. No, it's, well. been, it's, it's, it's been a privilege. The memories. They'll, they'll always be there. Oh, yeah. Been a pleasure. Oh, you, yeah, yes, I can, yes, see, can you see that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I've, still, oh, yeah. I've had goosebumps on my arm for an hour and a half. I haven't, and it won't go away, and I don't think it'll go away all night because this has been just over the top, man. Bright in a good way, yeah. proper. Wow. No, oh uh, God, listen, it's been, it's been a privilege being there, man. Honestly, it's been a privilege being there. Come Thank on. you. Mm-hmm. Bless you. And, if you, and if you have me, this. if you have me, then we'll do it again. Always. Oh, always. You know what? I think I think a lot out there. I'd have you every week. But I promise you. I think we need a part. I think we need a part two, don't we? We could go on all night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Ricky, part two. Yeah, yeah. Go Ricky, on. please don't forget Michael Cleary, who's asked to, for prayer for a great who passed away suddenly last Friday. That's Michael Cleary. I'm sure you'll remember him in your prayers uh, later. Yeah, we'll time. do. I will um, do definitely. If, yeah. if you want to get into the, the gentleman that's asked about ministry and one thing and another, let him get um, to Craig. We'll do that. We'll through Craig Courtney. Craig, if you could absolutely accept, that would be absolutely. Superb. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want. I'm. I never stutter. There you go. I've been a DJ all my life. I don't stutter. I stuttered because I do not want to end this show. I don't want to end it. No, end I don't off. either. I need nice. to go to the toilet. I need to go to the toilet. We've got a million more, one more questions. We've got a, probably a million and one more comments. And this was the show. I 
I, I, honestly, I'm going to really have to tell you. I, was, I sat down this afternoon and thought, well, what else are we going to talk about apart from Ipswich and that goal? And it is just gone. Um, well, I'm, I'm literally, I'm, I'm blown away, Chris. I'm really very inspirational yeah. show tonight. Yeah. Very, very, yeah. Very, Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Very, 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 very. Yes, sir. When COVID, over, when COVID is over, we, as Birmingham City fans and as a Tilton talk show, want to come to your church to you morning. Or one afternoon, or one evening. Yeah, we'll do a show. We, will, we will, we will, make that, yeah. we will come to your church. We will, we will say our prayers with you, and and please remember again in your prayers tonight, everybody. Ricky, Pastor, Pastor Ricky, five times in four times in prison, five, five. four, five. four five. or five times in prison, five. five times in prison to professional footballer to a pastor who now nurtures and looks after. Great people around our, across our great city of Birmingham. Like, you know what? This this guy actually deserves a complete and utter tilt and talk round of applause. Yeah, absolutely. Ever. You're making Never me get joking. emotional now. <laughs> it's just been it's just been a ple- it's, it's been a pleasure watching you over the years, but it's been an even bigger pleasure to get to actually talk to you, Ricky. It has, yeah. You know the thing about it is, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, it's... Because I've been speaking on the platforms of my old clubs, Orient and Southend, mm. for for a number of years, I've kind of, kind of just kept myself to myself. Um, I remember when I was playing football, one pro said to me, um, "You know, uh, it's a long time retired, but Rick, it's better to be missed than to be seen all the time." Because, you know, I've seen I've seen a lot of pros when they've had to retire because it's such a fantastic life. They've never been able to let go. And so you see pros coming back to game after games. It's almost like they want to relive that history. And I always promise myself that whenever that time comes and it's over, it will stay over. I wouldn't want to see myself just trying to relive memories in public. But I say that to say I've kept myself away from football for a number of years because I had to transition back into normality. And, and everything else what was going on. But I've said to myself over the last year, the football has been such a huge part of my life that I, I've not really connected with any platforms from fans or anything. So it's only been over the, maybe the last six to seven months, last year, I'd say, where I've kind of like been, been contacted and, and to, to have these shows because I've literally just parked the bus on, on my football career. So honestly, what I'm telling you, for me, I, I, I've deliberately been intentional to come on these shows because football has done something for me as well as me being a part of the fans' memories. And, and so I've kind of just put myself out there um, and, and been on these talk shows. I've not done many, um, but I've done one with Orient fans and I've done one with South End fans and I feel so humbled and privileged because, you know, I've, I've, I've sat down for years and just fought and talked to myself about these experiences, but I, I felt like I needed to come out, so to speak, and just kind of be, be approachable so that we can have these conversations because I think, you know, there is a little bit of myth to, uh, to me, bad man, football, drugs, but there is a lot more to me than that. And I think these platforms, I think it helps yeah. to kind of dispel a few myths and kind of just maybe just set a few records straight and have a laugh at the same time. Mm-hmm. Ricky, yeah. you know what? You don't have to take any, any record straight with any Birmingham City fan. Do you know what you've done tonight? Do you know what you've done tonight? Go on. Go, go you, ahead, sir. sir. 
I've just scored that goal again at Liverpool tonight. You really have. Yeah. You have put yourself back on that map with Birmingham City fans. There is an understanding uh, about you uh, and about you as a person and as a player and as a pastor and, and the journey that you've gone through. As a, Like I said earlier in the show, we, we really weren't interested in, in, in what happened, what you did, why you were in play. I, I didn't know it was five times until tonight. That, for me, what the line was when you became a Birmingham City footballer to now. All right, and yes, the sir. journey that you've gone on to be there is absolutely second to none. It has to be documented in a book. Please, please, please write it. Because I tell you what, there's people out there tonight, Birmingham City fans, literally across the globe, that are, their hearts are 10 times bigger tonight, without a doubt. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, Man, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. We'll have to do a part two. Um, a, a message from Kevin we'll, Francis. We'll do a part two. We'll yeah. do a part two. Yeah. Um, we get to remember in your prayers tonight, ladies and gents, Michael Cleary. <laughs> Michael Cleary. So, Michael Cleary, yeah. Uh, So, from uh, Mr. Mark Adams, a.k.a. Mr. Robe. Thank you so much, dude. Take care, everyone. Have a good week. Chris. Go on, Chris. Brilliant. Good night. All I think Chris wants to say something. I just want to say, just before I go, a message from uh, Kevin Francis. He says, um, I love him like a fat kid loves chips. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) Listen, it's been a privilege, man. It's been a pleasure, honestly. Really has. Thank you. I've loved every minute. We'll support you till the end of the day. We're so happy following the blues. We love you. What more can we say? Birmingham City, down at St Andrews, we are all supporters of When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.